So we probably started off our first lesson with jeans and then had some kind of old thrift store. <laughs> you had you had like what did hot, I have? You had the hot dog one piece purple purple jumpsuit kind of thing that was like a onesie from head to toe. I'm pretty sure it was from like Goodwill or something. It was from like 1975. Welcome to the Craft Beer Travel and Adventure Podcast with Living a Stout Life. This is where we sit down with creative thinkers, on the road adventurers, and craft beer lovers. Your hosts, Ken and April, live, work, and travel in a 24 foot RV in search of inspiring stories around a great beer. Not a bad way to finish our little stint in Silverton, huh? What'd we do? Well, we got our last campfire in before they finally uh, put on a camp, uh, fire ban because <laughs> the state's on fire. But uh, yeah, we made a new friend who uh, happened to be a pretty darn good musician. And so yeah, he was actually the one who came by and said and said hi to a stranger, us. Yeah, because he was gonna tell us about hey, they're gonna put a ban on the campfires. Yeah. <laughs> We're in Montrose now. <laughs> Set the stage. Yeah. So we went over the million dollar highway. Which, in the RV, I drove the RV over the Million Dollar Highway, which, the direction we went was cool. I probably would have freaked out the other direction. The Million Dollar Highway between Uray and Silverton, which are two, like, great touristy Colorado towns to go to, but very contrasting Colorado towns to go to in the mountains. But you have to go over the Red Mountain Pass and the Million Dollar Highway, which is insanely crazy scary to drive. Mostly going from Uray to Silverton, though. It's really not that scary. Kenny's just a wimp it's when it comes. It's scary. Kenny's just a wimp when it comes to driving. No. Anyhow, we no. left Silverton, which is definitely a place we could live. Absolutely, I think so. In the winter too, and we are now in Montrose, like you said. I think actually our ultimate—well, not ultimate goal, but our goal for a few days—is Gunnison. We want to ride Hartman Rocks. Um, yeah. And explore that area. Yeah, looking forward to that. But it's kind of a culture, well, culture shock? No. How about an environmental shock? From being in Silverton at <laughs> around 9,500 feet, 9318 to be exact, I remember the sign, yeah. um, where it was like 70 degrees during the day and beautiful, to now we're in Montrose, and I think it's probably around 70 degrees at 10 o'clock at night. Um, so it's going to be in like the mid-90s, almost 100 degrees here during the day. Um, and yeah. everybody tells us that's cool. <laughs> it, like we were just over at Two Rascals Brewing and um, the people there, the locals were like, yeah, it's it's actually kind of cool during the day right now at like, mid 90s. Yeah. So I like Two Rascals. I like Montrose, but I'm going back to Silverton. <laughs> no, we're going to Gunnison, baby. Okay, I want to ride Gunnison. We're going to go to the hot so, rocks. Anyhow, to like, yeah, you have to open up. We have a Two Rascals crawler with us. It's an IPA. I think it was yes. just an IPA, so Kenny's going to crack that open. Yeah, we didn't even ask, so I think it's just a straightforward West Coast kind of IPA, probably. Kind of that grapefruity, piney he's thing, gonna crack that, we're going to find out. He's going to crack that open and pour it's that, cracked. and then we have a pizza in the oven, and it's 10 o'clock at night, granted, so remember that. Pizza and beer at 10 o'clock in the RV. And I still can't pour out of a crowler without stripping it off the side of the can. Life is wonderful. <laughs> Someday I'm going to learn how to pour beer out of a crowler without getting it on the table one. i still got some on the table though but it was a good pour <laughs> i just want my beer and i want my pizza all right we're gonna start us off with cheers 
I don't know. Cheers, cheers to the Colorado mountains. Cheers to great friends, new friends, old friends, and the Colorado mountains are freaking the amazing. Colorado. They really enhance your friendship. <laughs> yeah. It's a good, it's almost like an English style IPA because yeah. it's, um, it's, it's that West coast style, but it's like really multi. It's a little darker than most IPAs that you see West coast style. It's like kind of almost an amber color instead of a straw color. So it's like. Got a lot more malt backbone to it. But you can see it, and you can taste it. And but you're I just not, told them what it's And you're not here, so hopefully you're enjoying your own beer. Or maybe you're sleeping. I don't know. But hopefully you're enjoying your own beer and your own dinner. And we're going to get on with our conversation this week. Which is all about you either get old or you die. So I'm um, going for getting old. Or you go on an adventure or you die in your house. <laughs> so you should just, yeah, so you should just go on an adventure. Actually, though, in reality, this episode is kind of basically we decided to talk to you guys about how, um, I mean, it's never too late to try new things. So we have had a lot of friends who, when we were in our 30s, they were in their 40s saying that, oh, I'm too old to do this. And I'm, we no, had no, friends no. in our 30s saying they were too old to do this. We were in thing. our 30s. They were in their 20s saying that they're old to, too old to start new things. So I guess basically what we're just kind of saying is like, if you... It's you're never you're never too old to start new things, so we're no here way. to inspire you and tell you stories about how we um, basically are late bloomers. <laughs> Is that how you would say? Yeah, it? we did ship backwards. We did, and we're eating pizza, so just deal with it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so where do we start? I think I think we could start with like when we first started um, snowboarding. Really, we didn't start snowboarding until like twenty nine. 28, 29. Yeah, that's probably a good thing because, like, when we were younger, I mean, in our 20s, early 20s and stuff, we kind of did, you know, the marriage and started having kids and things like that. And Well, and I didn't even want to start snowboarding. The only reason we took, we did snowboarding is because our oldest, Zach, at the time really wanted to learn. And I was like, ew, I don't, snowboarding, ew. So we took a lesson with him. And that first day, it was a half day lesson, I swore to probably everybody that I would never set foot or two feet or whatever on a snowboard ever again. It was awful. Yeah. I mean, the first days of snowboarding are hard. I mean, it's, you know, yeah. unless you, you're that magical unicorn that like, unless you're picks eight. It up. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you're <laughs> eight, you don't have far to fall. It doesn't hurt so much when you're like 28, 28 you got a lot farther to fall. It hurts. Your wrists hurt. Your ass hurts. <laughs> you know, I don't remember my second day because I did get back on a board. Well, because the second day probably sucked too. It did. But then like 23 years later, it's one of my most favorite things in the world. It doesn't take 23 years to learn how to snowboard no, though. No, it probably takes five It just takes a trips. couple. It's a, it, I mean, everybody's a little different. And, but. but that's another thing too with snowboarding. So when you start with snowboarding, a lot of people will think, well, that's an expensive sport because then you have to buy the ski, the, the lift ticket, and then you have to mm -hmm. buy the gear and you have to have the proper gear and, and the winter clothing. And then you have to drive to the mountains or... All true. It is all true. However, <laughs> <laughs> I remember my... Let's see. I know that we were probably first in blue jeans and didn't have base layers for our lesson because we didn't know shit. Even though we had been living in Colorado for, I don't know, 20 some years, we never, like we, we kind of hiked and we kind of camped, but we never really did the winter stuff. So we probably started off our first lesson with jeans and then had some kind of old thrift store 
<laughs> you had you had like what did hot, I have? You had the hot dog one piece purple purple jumpsuit kind of thing that was like a onesie from head to toe. I'm pretty sure it was from like Goodwill or something. It was from like 1975, I think. And well, <laughs> and, and like our the movie Hot Dog. <laughs> so granted, this was how long ago? 2038. That was a long time ago. 20 yeah, 23, 22, 23 years ago when we first got on the boards. So we also had. Um, uh, the clickers. So our boots were like these clickers, so you click into the board. Which, as a beginner on a snowboard, when you have to stand on your snowboard and click in, dude, no, it doesn't work that way. You try yeah. to stand on your snowboard and click in, you're going to fall on your ass. <laughs> yeah, I think just mostly regular old bindings are good, and um, there's a lot of good ones now. And no, but what I'm but trying whatever. to say... Yeah, it's just... What I'm trying to say is we didn't wait till we had the most expensive oh, gear. Oh, no, no. We we, we didn't went... know what we needed. We went with the stuff that we had. Well, we had a friend who, who introduced us to some good people at a snowboard shop that would, you know, dig through what's in the back room. And, like, so we get, we didn't have to, like, spend, you know, $1,000 per person to get outfitted. We didn't spend more than a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. And we didn't buy a season but... pass right away or anything like that. We did like a half day lesson because it was cheaper and we figured we could figure it out on our own after that um and the, the key thing is is we we got our oldest who was eight at the time up on the mountain like he really wanted to do mm-hmm. and and then I we fell in love with snowboarding remember being completely miserable that first day but it was something that yeah we fell in love with and we still don't have top of the line equipment but we have equipment that works and we know enough about it that we know what we need and we don't look like complete gapers on the mountain. Oh no. No, we I mean I don't know when you live in Colorado though and you start doing outdoor stuff and everything. You learn pretty quick that you don't have to go buy this season's brand new most expensive crap. You you find ways to get good deals and stuff. But that's not the point. The point is like if you just get it doesn't matter what you have. If you get out there and do something that you want to try, just do it. You know, go try it. I mean, there we have friends that do all kinds of stuff. I mean, our friend Jay, who like came mountain biking with us on his Second. bike that had like skinny, skinny, slick tires, and like he and he's wearing jeans, and the rest of us are all decked out in our bike gear, and we've got our mountain bikes and stuff, and I mean everything from five hundred dollar mountain bikes to five thousand dollar mountain bikes, and he's there on his like skinny tire bike and kicking our ass. Up the mountain, because he's just like. And I went up to La La. Go do it. I went up to La La Land. Did you say he also had jeans on? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he had jeans on. (laughs) Jeans. And he's still kicking our ass on the bikes, and and this is, you know, we're experienced mountain bikers, at least to a degree. We're not like April and I are not like. You wouldn't see us in like any kind of crazy movie or, except on our YouTube channel. Check it out. But um. Yeah, we're not doing crazy jumps and nutso stuff. Sweet jumps. Just some sweet I mean, two-inch jumps. I mean, the, I guess the point on the snowboarding thing, as Kenny kind of got off topic with the mountain biking thing a little bit, is like that you don't need the coolest gear or the most expensive gear. It's the same as when you decide to travel or if you decide you want to move into an RV or a van or whatever. If you wait until you have everything that you need at the exact right time or same thing, if you want to have a kid and you wait until you have all the money you need and all the (laughs) stuff you need, you're never going to have a child. 
You're never going to move into an RV. You're never going to travel. You're never going to learn how to snowboard. You're never going to learn how to mountain bike. So, like, we had been snowboarding for a little while when this happened, but I think one of the things that really cemented it for me, and I'm pretty sure it did for you, too, is we had already been snowboarding for a little bit at this point and getting okay. We weren't great yet, but we were good. And we were up at A-Basin. And I remember at the end of a day, we came down off the mountain and we're walking across through the parking lot hmm. to get back to our car. And there's this older guy who is, um, we started talking to him. He's like in this, like, like April's old one piece purple jumpsuit. He had a one piece red jumpsuit. I remember that. And he had a snowboard under his arm and we just happened to start talking as we're, wa- you know, we're just saying hi. And we were walking through the parking Are lot. Are you going to give some perspective as an older Older, I'm older gonna, as in. I'm gonna. Okay. I'm gonna. Okay. We're getting there. Okay. Calm down, lady. <laughs> so we're walking through the parking lot and we're talking to this gentleman. And he starts talking about, he just had this huge smile on his face. And come to find out, this was his first day ever on a snowboard. First day. First day. Ever. And he's 77 years old. 77 years old. It was his first, he'd skied before. But this was his first day on a snowboard because his grandkids loved to snowboard and they really wanted him to go with them. And he didn't want to just ski with them. He wanted to ride the snowboard like they do first day. And he was grinning from ear to ear because he just loved it. And I mean, that that to me embodies what life is about is like you're never too old to try stuff. I mean, 77 years old, 97 years old, seven years old, whatever. I mean... You can do the things you want to do. At least try them and see if you like them or don't like them. I mean, there's a lot of things out there that you have interest in, but you never do them because you think, oh, it's too late for me to try that. It's uh, yeah. too too expensive so for me to try that. I mean, think about all the people that we've met on the road. Actually, I'm thinking of um, Pierre, a friend, a friend of ours from Canada, who we oh, met yeah. um, in Baja, uh-huh. and he's he's um, I think in seventy, and he's traveling by himself, and he's been traveling for quite a while by himself, and doesn't let his age stop him. And we've met actually several individuals like traveling by themselves around that age. Uh, my dad actually kind of does stuff like that too. Like yeah, he and he's about that same age. He This is the thing that he says to me all the time. If he'll come out and we'll go hiking in Colorado or wherever we happen to meet. And he says, I'm getting too old for this. Oh, wait, never mind. I need to do this more so I don't feel like I'm getting too old for this. Yeah. So just... Changing that mindset, I think, really helps. Yeah, I mean... You like, need to get older, you die. Do, like, <laughs> just... Okay, get old. Do stuff. Get old, because you're going okay. to get old. I want to get old. It beats the option. Yeah, but <laughs> do things as you do it. Don't let age think that it's like you can't do it. So, another thing that we've done later in life. What? Um, When did you start, like, road cycling? Uh, road I probably started road biking... I don't know. I think I want to say somewhere like probably around 39, 40 years old. Do you? And yeah, that's that's a little late in life, but I had a blast doing it. And, and I still love to road cycle. I just haven't road cycled much because I started road cycling. I did it oh. quite a bit. And then I did we, my first century ride. Uh, yeah. I think I was probably 42 or 43. I went with our, with our friend Troy, who's basically like an adopted brother to our family. But... Uh, yeah, Troy and I rode this century, the Elephant Rock Century. In, What's a century for those that don't know? Uh, a century on a bike is 100 miles in the U.S. It's 100 miles. So, 
yeah, we rode 100 miles in one day, kicked our asses. And what kind of like... and down, yeah. and I was dog ass tired. We and what trained kind of equipment did you have? The most top of the line $200 oh, God, no. like biking shorts and shirt set or like a $3,000 no, $3, Well, my, my clothes were like thrift store stuff, which is actually not bad. Uh, that's a good deal in Colorado because there's a lot of people biking in Colorado. So a lot of people, you know, when they... There are still a lot of people that want the new stuff, or, or they just get new stuff for whatever reason or whatever. And do you and remember your bike? And they pass that stuff on. And yeah, my bike was a GT5 road bike, which um, nowhere near a Tour de France type bike <laughs> that you'd see. But it's a real, it's a good entry level road bike. It's probably brand new, about five or six hundred bucks, and I got it second hand. Um, I found somebody on Craigslist, I think, that was selling it. He had had it for maybe a couple years before me and took pretty good care of it. And I got it for, I want to say, about 350 bucks. And that's exactly how we've gotten our snowboard gear and stuff, too. Um, you start to learn that sometimes you definitely need that higher quality, mm -hmm. um, kind of like in your base layers and in your clothing and stuff, especially if you're out in winter sports. But again, right. you don't need to spend all kinds of money on it. Um, but the snowboards, too, like you can find, if you know what you're looking for and you've done your research and done your education, you can find great deals on great boards that, I mean, are at pawn shops. And if you start oh, yeah. to learn about your gear, whether it's bikes or boards or kayaking whatever or whatever you're, doing, yeah. you're doing, if you do the research on it, you can find amazing deals and you don't have to break the bank on doing it. Yeah, especially if you're in an area where that's a popular thing to do. Like, you know, if you're up around Buena Vista, Colorado, they're like kayaking and canoeing and stuff are very popular yeah. rafting and biking. So there's a lot of options around that area of the state. But so if age is your first excuse screw that yeah if gear is your next excuse screw that there's so many ways to do no. that you don't even need the right gear no you don't even need the right gear. i mean when i did that century there were dudes on like the fat tire bikes <laughs> mountain bikes um single speed bikes that did 100 miles Jeez. i mean you just have to have the will to want to do it yeah certain things make it easier or harder or more comfortable whatever you know, but to get the started, right gear helps, get but you don't have to. Yeah. If you want to go become a mountain biker, you don't have to. I mean, a nice bike out of the gate is easy. Two grand, three grand, five grand, whatever. But you don't have to spend that much. You can find used options. Or even if you go to, you know, I'm not going to endorse this, <laughs> but if you go to Walmart or something and get, you know, a $200 mountain bike or something like that. Yeah, it's going to be really heavy and it's not going to be smooth shifting and all that kind of stuff like you'd get in a, bit, a little bit more expensive. But bike. at least you're on a bike and you're But riding. you're on the bike and riding, yeah. And you can go ride a lot of the trails, especially as a beginner. Because as a beginner, you're not going to be doing these crazy yeah. drops well, and crazy yeah. climbs. Pay, and... pay attention to what you're going to be doing. If you have a Walmart bike and you're a beginner, fine, great. Yeah. But also pay attention to where you're going mm -hmm. because you definitely don't want to be on some IMBA epic mountain biking ride <laughs> that's a double black diamond that you're going to fall off the cliff. Like, have some common sense. <laughs> yeah, if you don't know what IMBA is, that's fine. That means you shouldn't be on that trail yet. Yes. <laughs> Just stay away from exactly. it. The very first time I tried skiing, actually, was I was a senior in high school, and we went up to, if you, for those of you who know Loveland Ski Area, we went up to the top, top of Loveland Ski Area. <laughs> I had never been on skis before. No idea what I was doing. And my boyfriend then at the time gave me a few tips 
I'm surprised I didn't break my ass getting off the lift, but gave me a few tips, told me how to get down, and he took the fuck off. This is like on a black run? Yes. I don't know yeah. if it's a black run or not, but I was at the top of the level. doesn't and matter. If you don't know what you're doing, a green run's a black run. Yeah. He took off, <laughs> and I fell. Literally, it was halfway down the mountain. I probably fell and tumbled and rolled and got back up, and who knows how many yard sales I had. And then I had to get Ski Patrol to give me a ride the rest of the way down on the snowmobile because I could not get down the mountain. Maybe that's why I like snowboarding and hate skiing. (laughs) (laughs) But you have to know your limits a little bit and have some common sense. And don't let friends be idiots and tell you to do shit like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, But let them challenge you enough. You know, like like we're, we're both like at around the 50 age now. You're not quite yet. You're 50. I will be 50. Um... But, you know, yeah, there are, there are things you have to maybe change as you get older, but that doesn't mean you can't do things. You can do anything. I mean, our friend Gina, her dad, like, I think, what, he passed away in his mid to late seventies when he got, but he got cancer, I believe. Right. Yeah. And, but up until the day, pretty much that he, like he was in his seventies skiing like several times a season like not like two or three i'm talking like 20 times a season something like that and playing tennis almost every day um when it was the warmer weather and stuff like that he was just stayed active doing the things he wanted to do because that's what he wanted to do and we have another friend who she had said that she actually just started mountain biking started for the first time 49 so just oh, yeah. just because you think, I mean, just because you're getting older doesn't mean you have to stop trying new things. I mean, for example, we have only been mountain biking for, what, three and a half years maybe? And like I said, I'm yeah. going to be 50. Kenny, you're 50. That means we started mountain biking around 46 or 47 years old. I've never been on a damn mountain bike. Actually, the very first time I was going to mountain bike is I signed up also for my first triathlon. Actually, I was very happy road biking, thank you very much, and then you got on a damn mountain bike, and then, okay, I had to go do some mountain biking with you. And then? And then I kind of got hooked, too, so (laughs) we've met a cool group of friends that mountain bike, um, And and, and we meet up with fairly, at least some of them, somewhere along the road, just to ride a lot of times. And they challenge us, too. They push us a little bit. And then, like, we we are actually a couple, like you and me, Kenny, we push a couple other people a little bit. So Mm -hmm. just, you find the group that you can ride with that challenges you just enough to go just a tiny bit beyond your limits, so you get a tiny bit better, Mm -hmm. and you're also still having fun and not completely miserable. Well, and that's, it's important to find those right friends, because, like, as we got into mountain biking and snowboarding and pretty much everything we wanted to do like that, we had friends who were kind of mentors, I guess, and taught us a lot of what to do, what not to do, that kind of thing. But they were really good and really patient. <laughs> they are. At, but at, you... At, um, they were really good and really patient at slowing themselves down so that you could catch up they would take their time to help you get better so that you could ride with them or do well, whatever you wanted on, to with them. Yeah. And if you're that person who is learning something, don't be, don't, don't put that down. Don't put your, don't say, Oh, Hey, go take off. It's okay. Go take off. I'm, I'm going to chill here. You don't have to do that. Your friends that are doing that for you are doing it because they're your friends and they love you. And it's a lot more fun to have friends that you like to teach them 
what they want to learn so that you can do these things together. I mean, I want my friends that want to learn something to let me help them teach them. Because you get a joy if I, out of... If I'm better than them, then I want to help them. You're not better than anybody. Not a whole lot. So I'm usually <laughs> I'm the kidding. one slowing everybody else down. You're so this not. is a this is a, a motivator for myself right now to say, hey, it's okay. Um, you get joy Dylan out... Dylan August will smoke you on the mountain bike. You get but... joy out of teaching, too. <laughs> I do a lot. And so, what, and I know you do. That's, that's what you're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. So what you're... Ba- another, re- <laughs> another way you can get, like... Um, like build friendships in a sport that you like is to find a group that's out there um, that oh, can yeah. that can uh, help you with figuring out the gear and help you with figuring out like figuring out the the technical the technicalities of riding downhill or climbing a hill or all those things. So having like a specific group that does that is extremely helpful as well. But it was Bell Joyride that I did, and it was a great group of women that. Um, it was just easy to connect with, and they were seriously excited about getting new people into the mountain biking realm. Um, right, and, and that was a group just for women to yeah. ride, just because, just to make it yeah, more comfortable most, for newer riders. And because a lot of men on skills. mountain bikes are freaking like machismo, who think that they can kick ass yeah. and they're gonna like run over all the women and like you know, it's just it kind of is a lot of men on mountain bikes will be like. That's Rrr, why you uh, see uh, a lot of uh, men uh, with like scrapes and cuts and like just shattered faces and stuff because we think we're cool and we can do all this crap and then it's like okay yeah we really need to learn the skills <laughs> okay maybe yeah. we should learn the skills yeah. and you guys were all about learning the skills because what really impressed me one of the biggest things you learned from your group was not just going through a trail and go through the trail and ride it and get better riding the trail each time you guys would stop like at a hard section and walk back and then try it again and walk back and try it again like several times until you perfected that section. Which and I cool. do that now, nowadays. Yeah, even you now. do it. Yeah, she so does. So if I'm totally. riding a trail and I messed up and didn't get up the hill or didn't turn around to switch back or whatever it is like the way I should, I'll be like, fuck this shit. I'm doing it again. <laughs> and then I'll do it two or three times until I get it. And that on the same note, though, too, is if you know it is a little bit above and beyond your abilities, there's no shame in walking. Walk your oh, bike. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, anything you're doing, you just... Yeah. Anything you want to do, don't be afraid to try and, like, stumble and get a little bit better. Yeah. It's... You you hear it all the time. And, you know, you don't hear about it from Joe Average like us that much, but you hear about the big success stories of, you know, whatever, Steve Jobs or Bill Gates or what, whoever the big mucky muck is that made a billion dollars or something they failed a billion times before they got to that thing that got them to the top and that might be what happens to you too if you're like trying stuff i mean we've done a lot of things over the years that like martial arts we were in training in martial arts for a long time and we both got to the black belt level in, in taekwondo and and i kept you trained some in in muay thai and so did i and then some other things and now we don't really hardly even touch that, but that's because we found other things that we want to do. And, you know, you pick your time. You, you pick where to spend your time, I guess. Well, and if you don't try new things, you don't know if you're going to like it. Yeah. Yeah. I have yeah. to say one thing. I know you kind of moved on from mountain biking, but I wasn't no, done yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, so we're not there done with two, anything. <laughs> even with snowboarding and mountain biking, there are two, like, distinct um, time periods that I distinctly remember when I became a better biker on the um mountain and also a better riders on the mountain 
um, on my snowboard was basically when I realized that I had every right to be on the hill or on the mountain as any other snowboarder or any other mountain biker. Um, when I let go of the thought that I was maybe messing somebody else up or if, if I was trying to jump on the mountain on my snowboard and if I missed it, then I was messing up the person behind me so they couldn't try it. I felt kind of guilty for that. Or when I actually had to walk my bike up a hill that I couldn't make it up quite yet because it was too rocky or too steep, that I shouldn't be on that trail. Um, the second I let go of that thought, I became a much better rider in both forms. Um, it's everybody is a beginner at one time everybody and if you come across some asshole on the mountain when you're snowboarding or skiing or mountain biking or whatever it is or road biking or whatever you're trying if you come across some asshole who thinks that they're completely always totally better than you and they think that you shouldn't be on there well you know screw them because they were a beginner once as well so it's another reason why i think i can laugh at people when they're acting like a gaper <laughs> on the hill or they've just fallen off the snow lift the lift or whatever because been there done that like i get it <laughs> and also laugh at yourself Oh, yeah. Like seriously. Okay. Here's a story. I'm a snowboard instructor. Seriously. I was a snowboard instructor at Breckenridge. I'm on the bunny slope, one of the beginning lifts, full uniform gear. Like I am obviously a Breckenridge snowboard instructor, which means I should know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting, I'm paying attention to this little girl who's on the lift with me and making sure she's going to get off the lift. Okay. So completely not paying attention to getting <laughs> off the lift as I should be making sure this little girl should get off the lift going? where is this going i don't know i get off the freaking lift catch an edge of my board and in full-on breckenridge snowboard instructor gear biff it like face first <laughs> where the lift operator had to stop the lift the little girl next to me gets off just fine <laughs> the one you were worried about yeah yes <laughs> i'm like totally you know humiliated and like oh my gosh <laughs> whatever stand up all good, but just like, yep, 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 I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Take a bow. <laughs> Feeling very embarrassed by laughing at myself. It's like, you know, whatever, you have to laugh at yourself. <laughs> so it keeps you humble. Get cocky, it keeps yeah. you humble. <laughs> I mean, what are the first things that we done? Because, you know, late bloomers. Like, I didn't I mean, run we, my first marathon until yeah, mid, till early 40s, and then for some stupid reason, I ran another one. <laughs> <sighs> mid 40s marathon 26.2 miles we did a lot of things Didn't... i mean we i think because we were be, i think partially because we snowboarded that um, we started doing winter hut trips a little bit over the years which is as a, as a snowboarder that doesn't have cross-country skis or a split board we like we had board. to hike in because we don't have all the proper gear but we still make everything yeah they're work. basically like in colorado and a, and a couple other states there there's huts or cabins that you can hike into in the winter time. Predominantly, it's a winter time thing, but you hike in in the winter through the snow. So you stay in these cabins, and then you like snowboard or ski or whatever on the terrain around that cabin. And that's something we didn't do till later in life, which you know you would kind of think that would be easier as a younger person. But I mean, I love that we've done that, and we've done it several, several times. But the biggest thing I'm catching with all this stuff isn't just doing the things. I mean, doing the things is great, but doing things that you want to do or try leads to lifelong friendships and relationships that mean way more than the things we do. Because we wouldn't have met those people 
if we weren't doing those things that we've done, you know, like snowboarding, mountain biking, whatever, you know, whatever your gig is, whatever you like to do. I mean, you will meet people that have similar interests. And I think that's the special part of it. Cause I mean, we get better all the time riding my mount on the, on the mountain bike or the snowboard or the whatever, the more we do it. But that's not what I remember. At the end of the day, I remember the people we rode with and the people we met on the trail or, you know, you found somebody and you start riding with them. That's because you don't want to remember when you went head over handlebars and flew into a rock. I don't remember that. <laughs> I don't why. know what. I have never pulled a Brian except that one time maybe with Dan. It's Dan's fault. Dan there are so many people Dan you're talking about that a lot of our listeners have no idea what you're talking about. They'll know them eventually. I suppose it's an honor that he talks to you guys <laughs> like your friends and family. and Because you, you know are. Everything. I guess like the, okay, wait, I want to go back to the RV thing first. So the the biggest thing for me when we're talking about don't, how, how you can do things when you get older. And because a lot of people think that they shouldn't do new things because they're too old for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like one of the things that with the RV, moving into an RV is that we are, kind of yet again me at least yet again changing careers when we're almost 50 and that is the time period when you should kind of be like settling into your career that you've had for a long time and settling into getting ready for retirement mode not changing a career not starting from the beginning again not wondering where your health insurance is coming from not wondering how much money you're going to make that day that's not something that generally the general public does at 50. And so that in a way is well, something that's that you, what society tells us. Right. But that's another thing that you can think of is if you are not content or joyful in what you're doing and you think that it's okay to just like, I don't know, deal with it and put up with it for the next 15, 20 years until you retire because you're kind of that close in quotes, you're just, I'm sorry, but I mean, you're kind of wrong because you don't know how much life you have left, so why would you put up with something that you're miserable miserable with because society says that at this time in your life, you're supposed to be doing this? Like, you need to kind of create your own rules. And if you need to try and change something or change a career because it's something that you really want to do, then do it. Just because you're 50 or 40 or 60 doesn't mean that you can't go back to school or you can't learn how to mountain bike or you can't go on a two-day backpacking trip for the first time or you please do training, can't climb Mount Everest or whatever. (laughs) Like age shouldn't be a huge factor in everything. Please have common sense and not, you know, like I said earlier, go, you know, never be on a snowboard before and go do a double black diamond. But age in and of itself isn't the limiting factor. It shouldn't be the limiting factor. Age is a number. I mean, there are plenty of people who are 70 years old that are in way freaking better shape than me. Look, I've seen people do amazing freaking things. Like, occasionally I would watch, like, the Ironman triathlons, which were really interesting to me because they did a really good job of the things, telling the stories of the people. But, I mean, I saw people, I saw a guy with ALS who, like, he couldn't walk anymore. And, like, he's still doing this freaking marathon or the triathlon, you know. I mean, he would have somebody do it with him, but he would do it and that person would be pushing themselves way beyond the limit because they were doing it for him too. And, you know, whatever your limitations are, yeah, you have to, you have to modify things. Most of us aren't limited by that super heavy feature that stops you from doing something. So 
most of us are Whatever. limited by our own excuses. True. <laughs> I certainly am. I mean, I guess we're, I don't know. I have it in my crazy head right now that it'd be kind of cool to do a through hike. Like we've met a few people. I mean, we just came off of, out of Silverton oh, and that's yeah. a huge, uh, coming off of Colorado trail through hike, which is a 500 mile hike starting in Denver and ends in Durango. And so Silverton's one of the, um, break breaking points where you come off and take a break and you know, one take of the a shower. final ones pretty much yeah think, and there's a lot of backpackers there and so just watching these people and talking to a few of them um which we have an episode of uh, colorado trail hikers on our podcast with jesse and janae but it just has kind of made me think about i could do this we could do this i don't know what kenny's fully thinking about that but i mean why not oh, yeah i think so i mean i've always been captivated by things like Wait, what? I would walk 500 um, miles, right? Like, ouch, ouch. Why not? <laughs> well, that would be the Colorado Trail. Yeah. 500 miles. So, basically. <laughs> but that, um, you know, I've been captivated by people climbing Everest or K2 or whatever. And, that, and then I learned some different things. But Ironman triathlons, everything like this. I mean, that's why I did the Century Bike Ride because I wanted to see if I could do it. Well, we better stop it. drinking so much beer and eating so much pizza if we're going to do like an Ironman or, I mean, if we walk 500 miles on the Colorado Trail, we could probably drink as much beer and eat as much pizza as we want, but. <laughs> Within reason. <laughs> you just wouldn't feel like yeah. drinking the beer while you're walking, yeah. so that's all good. But Well, and I've wanted to hike the Annapurna Circuit in Well, Nepal. yeah. Well, and you see things and like the uh, people hiking the PCT, the Pacific Crest Trail, or. The AT. The AT Appalachian, Appalachian Trail, you know, things like that, and. It's inspiring and it's enticing to me too that I do want to do those things. And, and you do come in, like my limiting factor probably is I get a little too connected to my work and I have to find ways to let that go and find ways to work around that. And what did I say earlier? Because it takes time. Most people are limited by their excuses. If I really want to do those things, I can do those things. I just have to find a way to make that work. I'm also a true believer in if you're not making it work right now, then it's not time for you to make it work right now because if you are ready yeah. to make it work, you will make it work. And and I think when I first heard you say it, even though maybe the first few times, I kind of thought it was like a, eh, well, you're not ready. Eh. you know. But it wasn't. I know that's not what you're saying. I know it's just that maybe it isn't the right time. You know, if you if you really have enough excuses to not do something, maybe it's not the right time. But try to think about those things and decide for yourself, is this really because I don't want to do this right now? Or is this because I'm afraid to do it or I'm intimidated or or whatever it is? Maybe I'm just conditioned by society or the people around me that I'm not supposed to do that. And you can't let those be the limiting factors because you, for all we know, I mean, faith is what faith is and all that kind of stuff. And you can believe what you want to believe. But for all we really know is we have at least one go around, right? I mean, and we don't want to waste that one go around. You so. don't want to waste those, waste those non-refundable years. Oh, that's a nice way to tie back to Steve. <laughs> From Gwinnella Pass Brewing. In Georgetown. Wise man. Colorado. Wise man. Very wise man. While we're here, we're here now, and, like, we got to do the things. 
Do the things. That we, do the thing. Yeah, the we things. don't got to do the things. We got to do the things we want to do. And, and do all those things, yeah. Don't let gear get in your way. Don't let somebody else get in your way. Don't let fear get in your way. And don't let me get over dramatic on you. And he is. He's getting super <laughs> sappy and cheesy again. But and that's, you know. that's what the, I am. The whole thing about this podcast was it doesn't matter how old you are. Like, just because you're getting older or whatever the hell it is. Just, oh, is that what we're talking about? Yeah, shut up. Just get out there and do it. You know the whole <laughs> Nike slogan? Dude, they like Just nailed that it. slogan. Just do it. Seriously. Um, hopefully it involves some kind of beer. Well, of course it involves some kind of beer because this is the Craft Beer Travel and Adventure podcast. So, like, if you aren't involving beer, you're probably not listening to this podcast right now. But no matter what you're drinking, don't be afraid to chase your dreams and do the things you want to do in life. You know what I'd like to hear from everybody? What? Well, we talked about maybe wanting to hike, like, a through trail. That's, you know, 500 miles or something like that. I wonder uh-huh. what other people, like, think that they want to do when maybe it's kind of considered a crazy idea because, you know, you're too old or too something or you don't have enough money or whatever. So, mm-hmm. like, what's something that you want to do or what's something that you're curious about trying that other people seem to have excuses for you, but you know you want to do it? Well, we started with the cheers. We should probably end with the cheers. Okay, cheers to what? And I say cheers to doing the things in life that you want to do. When you want to do them. When you want to do them. How you want to do them. How you want to do them. And so with that, cheers. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. And hit us up with whether you want to send us an email at Ken and April at livingastoutlife.com or... You know, if you jump on this podcast on our website or something, leave us a comment or on our Facebook page, talk about it. Let us know the things that, like, you want to do that you've kind of been maybe hesitant to do or waiting to do because for whatever reason that's holding you back. We'll fix it. We fix everything. Or the beer does. The beer does. Peace out. We'd love to hear from you, so keep the conversation going. Send us a note, share a beer recommendation or two, or just say hey. This Stout Conversation has been brought to you by livingastoutlife.com, where you can find community and resources for all your craft beer travel and adventure lifestyle needs.